Welcome to Twisted With Us. In the name of not comparing to the originals, but then totally comparing to the originals, and finishing the story, but not really finishing the story till next season, this is our ongoing examination of Twisted. I'm Aaron. And I'm Eric. And today we're reviewing House of Crazy's 1997 album, Collector's Edition 97, and the House of Crazy's Songs We Missed. There, I remixed it for you for me. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I threw in some 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 houses if if uh yeah. yeah. So oh, I didn't good. even I didn't even catch your houses. Okay. Oh, no worries, no worries. Hello, everyone. It is Twisted with us, which is also ICP with we. I mean, y'all know the drill at this point. Yeah. This is like we're well into it, right? Yes. Uh, I'm Aaron. I'm with my co-host with the Comos. His name is Eric. He's right here. Well, not right here. He's across uh, the country from me, a pretty fair distance. But technology is a wonder. A wonder. A wonder, wonder, what's in a wonder ball? Oh, yeah. Do you remember those? Yeah, it's like chocolate with a toy inside that children choked upon. Yep. Choke upon thy toys. Yeah, that became like a big issue. And they... Uh, had had to start making them only filled with like edible things like candy. Mm, I remember when they were filled with candy. I, I liked it when they were filled with toys better. Oh yeah, I mean toys. I wasn't are cool. a stupid idiot, so I didn't choke on mine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Eric. Yes. This is a packed episode today. A packed episode. An absolutely packed episode. Before we get into things quickly, how how was your past week? Busy, man. I've just been working. I've been working a lot of long shifts. And as we head into holiday, things are just crazy. I feel like, uh, you know, I've got an hour or two here or there in the morning or at night. And that's it. So outside that, just work. How about you? I hear you. Uh, people, Things have been picking up. It's funny because things slow down like through like October, mid November. And then in the like small construction industry type shit that I do, like all of a sudden, like on Thursday and Friday of last week, I got almost 10 emails from property managers saying, Hey, this person wants to get in and they want to sign their lease before the end of the year this year, uh, like and it'll roll into next year. Uh, do you think you can get this space finished out and like new shit built for them inside this lease space in like a month? And I'm just like, holy, no, f- no I don't you think you could so. have asked me this like two weeks ago. I was sitting here, you know, slowing down a little bit, thinking I'm going to have a nice little relaxing roll into the holidays. But you were nope. just eating fun size candy bars and jacking off in your office. That's what I'm saying. By the way, I started uh, spreading out the wrappers of my fun size candy bars throughout (laughs) the different trash cans of the office. No, that's probably a good idea. You don't want people to look and be like this one trash can right near your office is completely full of wrappers. (laughs) Yeah, I toss like three of them in the uh, in the conference room trash can, toss a couple in the workroom trash can. I've, I've been... Yeah, I've been spacing them out. Okay, Eric. Yes, we have some info we need to talk about for this. What we're doing today. So what we're doing today, as y'all heard in the intro, uh, we're doing two different selections of songs. 
One is the Collector's Edition 97, which was a House of Crazy's 1997 album. And uh, the second one is a selection of songs called the House of Crazy's Songs We Missed. Yes. Provided so we to have us a lot of by Robbie. Yes. The selection of songs we missed uh, was curated and provided to us by uh, Robbie at Twisted History on Instagram. Absolutely. Yeah. This is an interesting and bittersweet episode because this is our final pre-twisted House of Crazies episode. I don't want to say it's the last House of Crazies episode ever because somewhere down the line, we will end up talking about House of Crazies in some capacity again. But this is our last episode of, of proper House of Crazies releases before... Well, we'll talk about what happens in just a moment. Uh, and it's one of the last episodes of this season. That's crazy. It That's is. a whole house of them. It is. It's it's crazy. And it's a good thing we live in this house of crazies. It is a good thing. I, yeah, I, it is bittersweet. You know, much like dark chocolate, fun size candy bars. Sure. Eric, yeah. before we do... The our, our collector's edition '97 review. That's yes. where we're going to start with. Yes. Before we do that, uh, so it seems to me like you have some some curated before info, and uh, you've collected some after review info. So, um, would you like to get into what was going on in the before the review info? Yeah. So I've got before and after. The before stuff is going to lead us into the album we're about to review. The after stuff is going to tell most of what happens after that. But I will more or less stop at the point, at least talking about Paul and Jamie, where we will pick up at the beginning of next season and Robbie will come in and explain some of the stuff that happens prior to that and lead us into Twisted. So here's the before. I mentioned in our last episode that House of Crazies had toured with ICP in the fall and winter of 1996. Remember, I talked about Jay breaking his collar and then, the you know, there was a big delay in finishing out that tour. But ICP would then ask House of Crazies to tour with them when their new album, The Great Malenko, released in the summer of 1997. This was going to be ICP's first big national tour. They had done tours on their own, usually shorter stints, usually a selection of cities that were, for the most part, places that were closer to Detroit, driving distance, or places like Dallas, where they had an established fan base. This was the first time that they right. were going to really hit the country with some support. And, uh, well, we know that the great Malenko released and then was immediately pulled from shelves as Disney tried to rapidly backpedal and say, hey, we didn't do this. We want nothing to do with it. And the the tour for Great Malenko that House of Crazies was supposed to open for was immediately put on hold. So it took a few months for ICP to deal with that mess. So mm. when the tour was supposed to be happening, House of Crazies decided that they would do their own show. So on July 20th of 1997, Two weeks after the Great Malenko tour was scheduled to have started, House of Crazies puts on a special show called the Seven O'Clock Mass Show at a venue called The Shelter, which, from what I can tell, is the basement of St. Andrew's Hall in Detroit. We've heard about St. Oh, Andrew's badass. Hall a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So the flyer for this show 
again, Robbie posted all of this stuff on Twisted History channel and on the Twisted History channel in our Discord as well, which is how I was able to see most of this stuff. But the oh, flyer yeah. not only promotes the show, and there are a couple different ones, but it says at the bottom, oh shit, a crazy top 10 House of Crazies rewind and remix a Latinum exclusive. Reserve your copy now. So they were promoting a tape that was going to be sold or released at that show. The tape described on that flyer is what we're reviewing today, Collector's Edition 97, which is also known or at least also promoted in this way as Rewind and Remix. And it was sold at that show for the first time. So the interesting thing about this is some of their more recent albums were produced on tape and CD and had more professionally produced covers. This tape cover very much looks like black print photocopied on different colored printer paper. And it looks like it was released in three different colors, blue, orange, and green. The catalog number for this tape, instead of continuing the Latinum 666 and going up from there, this is Latinum 000. And mm. Brian, Paul, and Jamie are listed as staff using their real names on the tape, which is interesting. Ooh. Inside the tape, and this is something we're going to get to later in our second selection of songs, is an ad for an album called The Evolution Coming Soon, uh, which was going to be their follow-up album that they did start recording. Now, listening to this album, my suspicion, it's probably way more than a suspicion at this point, these are not really remixes from what I can tell, but rather full-on re-recordings and reimaginings of some of the songs. I can't imagine that they had access to the original tapes for these songs. And if they did, there's no way they could get this result from that stuff. I, I think they probably, right. you know, recorded on like a four track recorder and they don't have stems saved or anything that they could go back and work from. And in talking to Robbie, he seems to have the same feeling. So there you go. I just want to do two more quick shout outs. One to Robbie for helping with info here and for providing all the songs we missed tracks and curating those. And another huge shout out to Blade for hooking us up with all of these albums to begin with. So both of them have been instrumental in helping us to do these episodes. And we haven't gotten everything right, and we've missed some details here and there, but we've tried to tell the story the best we can. If you want all the info at Twisted History, go check out all the stuff that, that Robbie has been posting and if you want a quick condensed version of it, not so condensed, but somewhat condensed, get yourself into our Discord and hit up that Twisted History channel. Actually, Robbie's got myriad history channels going now. So yes, uh, tons of history of happening. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That brings us up to Collector's Edition 97. Hell yeah. Well, shall we get up to it by reviewing it? Yes. Perfect. Let's do it by starting with the album cover. That's how we normally do it. So we have, uh, it looks like, what, three different, so the blue, orange, and the green, yeah. uh, as you mentioned before. So let's start with the blue. You got the zombie face on the front. It, this looks really clean. It, it looks uh, like a, a very, very clean and well-designed, the, the stylized font for House of Crazies, with that drop shadow on it looks looks very solid it looks awesome 
and yeah, you see the Latinum staff. You're right. You can see yeah. uh, Brian Jones, Jamie S, and Paul uh, Methrick. Yeah, I'm surprised. I wonder why Jamie didn't have his full last name there. Maybe it's because it was it would be too long, and they would have to make the the text smaller. Oh, maybe true. Spaniolo is kind of a. It's not that long. What the fuck, guys? Yeah, what the fuck? You could have fit it. Change your font <laughs> size. What uh, what are you thinking about this uh, this cover and uh, and the ad on the inside? So I think House of Crazies is generally very good at choosing cool images and layouts for their covers. And I don't think this one is any exception. But why do they always use shitty fonts? Like, how hard would it be to just draw a cool logo for your group? Or if you can't ask a friend, they definitely know people that could have like drawn a cool house of crazy. I'd rather see uh, a shitty hand drawn house of crazies logo than these fonts personally. See, I'm not, I don't have too much of an issue with the font. Although, uh, you know, it raises a good point at this point in their careers, they should have some sort of fucking drawn logo. Yeah. Uh, but that, that uh, is a good point. Yeah. I don't have a, a ba- big issue with the font though, but uh, yeah, I, I love the fuck it. God, the light blue with the latinum logo on this uh yeah. advertisement it looks good looks so crisp i my suspicion here is that the different colors cuz they're identical from what i can tell there's no change in the information on the three different ones i looked through them quickly and they they all look the same but i would suspect that the first batch was blue then they did a, a, a orange batch and then they did a green batch you know as people ordered yeah. more and stuff like that. I think that they they actually all look good. The orange and the green really pop, but that blue, that that feels like the one though. That feels like the uh, official cover to me. I swear to god, I'm going to fucking bootleg that Latinum logo onto a, a baby blue shirt like this. That'd be sick. As god is my witness, I'm going to bootleg a Latinum Records logo shirt. <laughs> um fuck yes. Yeah, we I mean of the um, 3, I like the blue the best. What do you like of the 3? Oh, I definitely like the blue the best. Yeah, uh, yeah the the green one is it kind of looks like dog diarrhea. <laughs> oh, my God. If your dog did that, get it to the vet quickly. <laughs> I think the green is kind of cool because it's got a toxic look to it. It does have a toxic look to it. The orange, I think, is my least favorite. Yeah, Orange is like uh, blaze orange, like traffic cone or hunting vest, which is weird because I do like that color of orange traditionally like that's a fun color of orange for me it just didn't work for this album cover um awesome well let's get into a track by track shall we let's okay let's start with side one always believe yeah the side the sides are always believe and the house the house yeah Dwayne the house johnson this there's and maybe this is for the end, but the whole vibe of this, the fact that they did it, that they called the sides always believe and the house and that they put their real names kind of felt like maybe in some capacity they knew this was going to be the last thing they released. Right. But we know they they didn't think that way because they absolutely went in to recording the next album. We're going to talk about some of those songs, but I kind of had the same. We'll, we'll get into it later. We'll get yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so side one, the first track is uh, Home Sweet Home, which, of course, was originally featured on the album Home Sweet Home in 1993. Eric, what were your thoughts? 
Yeah, on this one, so I actually went and listened to all of these songs side by side. I listened to them once and then I went and listened to them again, but I pulled up in a second player all of the original tracks just to hear them Mm. side by side. And Uh on this one, the lyrics and verses are similar, but this is an almost entirely different sounding song to the original. Similar in some ways, but overall different music, different hook, re-recorded vocals, so their voices and delivery are updated. This is a track, though, where I don't think I could say one is better than the other because the original version has some cool elements that aren't in this one. But I think this version is better quality and skill wise for sure. Cool track. Both cool tracks. Uh, yeah, I, I, I liked this. What did you think? Uh, so, OK, so to get it uh, uh, right off the bat, I did not listen to them side by side like you, mm. but I did do an additional, you know, uh, uh, listen and refresh my memory of the original tracks. Okay. With this one, I, uh, I really, really enjoyed, uh, you're right. It's like a different, like a completely different sounding song. And it's very hard to say which one is better. And I don't really want to get into, I guess on each one, which one I feel like is better because most, all of these songs are really different, you know, yeah, one or different two ways, really are, different. are pretty similar, but the rest definitely feel like very different songs. Yeah, so I want to give them their, their own day in court. That being said, I really enjoy the beat on this one. I really, really heavily enjoy the hook. I fucking loved, I went back and reread my notes from Home Sweet Home. I fucking loved the track, you know, originally, and, and I loved it when I re-listened to it. And I actually really love this uh, this version of it now. This sounds really good. I, you know, I was going to say, normally, when a band re-records their early music because they're like, oh, well, we were on a label that, you know, we want to re-record this to get around label rights or the quality was low. Normally, when that happens, I'm just not a fan of it. I don't. I, I generally end up still liking right. the originals. This one I'm torn because on most songs, including this one, there are one or two and I'll talk about that. But on most songs, I'm like, yeah, I like both versions here. Like, I think they're both good and they both have merit on their own. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, there's a lot of times uh, where bands will re-record reimaginings of songs or even uh, just remix and remaster songs because they get on a new label or whatever. And, and normally I just say, you know what? I'm good with the original. This is is different, though. I absolutely agree. I feel like be, both versions of pretty much every one of these songs have their own merit. So, yeah, I know. I totally agree with that. Like you could like both of them. You know, normally you'd have people that are like a diehard in one direction or another. Right. But I almost yeah. feel like people could be like, no, I like both. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely uh, agree. I think you're you're 100% correct. All right, cool. Well, let's move on to track two, Homebound, originally featured on the album Homebound in 1994. What were your thoughts on this one? This one was awesome. I, I really liked uh, really liked the beat on this one. This one, I, I feel is, uh, is, I feel like I like this version better than the original. Is that crazy to say? On this one, a little bit. Because it's a little I, bit crazy to say. <laughs> yeah, because I, I think compared to even the first track, 
This one is extremely similar to the original. Like the, the beat. Oh, this one. Yeah. Yeah. This one, the beat isn't vastly different, really. Yeah. I feel um, like it's just a cleaned up and more skillful delivery on this one. Outside that, it's pretty much the same. They also got rid of those weird vocal effects. Oh, did I did, see? I didn't even uh, remember the, the those. Yeah. Early on, they did a lot of but, doubling um, and pitching vocals so that they yeah. have like here's my vocals and then I'm going to record another layer and just pitch them up slightly. So you get that weird alien kind of effect. Right. Right. It's so it's the, it's the cleaned up and more skillful delivery that, that makes me appreciate this version better for sure. I like this version better. I, this is one though, where I could see people because they're just different enough in that way that maybe people Uh, no, I like the weird vocal effects on the original. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, and honestly, I didn't really hate, you know this track when we originally reviewed it either no i just i just think that this version is a is a more refined cleaned and uh better sounding version oh for sure yeah no the their deliveries are are more skillful you can tell that they've been doing this longer in this version but they don't change things so vastly that you're like oh what the like you know it's similar enough but you can tell that they're more refined yeah, I, I think personally, this is what I would expect from a a, a re-recording or a remaster sort of version of a song. This one is the, of all of them, this one is the closest to meeting what my standard expectation would be, where we take the original song, we clean it up, we make it a little more modern, and it sounds better, but essentially the same. And I think I prefer this version between the two, but again... If you heard that first version and had been listening to it for years, this one might you might be like, eh, I'll, I like the original better. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, eh, I can see that. Well, righty. Are we ready to move on to the next track? Yeah. Uh, OK, this song is also from Homebound in 1994. Uh, it's called FX. Let's see if it has the movies. Is he the weapon or the victim? Is it murder? Or is it FX? Well, I would say this. This one of the entire album is the one that is most similar to the original version. So similar that to me, it's kind of hard to tell a big difference. Yeah, the vocals are a little different or at least mix a bit different. But if you had just played this and I didn't know that they had re-recorded things, considering I haven't listened to the original a lot outside of our listens for our reviews, I wouldn't right. know it was a different version. This one is very, very similar, I think. Yeah, I had I had almost nothing uh, with this one because I couldn't like really tell a major difference at all yeah. between the two versions. And I still think um, the song is okay. It's yeah, fine. It's, it, I have no changed opinions about how I feel about it. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, it's a solid song. Yeah. Okay. Decent indeed. Let's move on to track four. This one is called The Mask. They did not update this to be about the Jim Carrey movie, unfortunately. I'm Um, pissed. But this was featured on Season of the Pumpkin, another 1994 release, an album that I think we both liked very much. Uh, What were your thoughts on this version of The Mask? I really like this version of the mask. And guess what? I really liked the last version of the mask. 
Yes. I, um, I remember this being one of I think this was like your top two picks, like your second, like your first runner up. It wasn't your favorite, but it was the next one. But when we originally did the review, you the mask was one of your favorites. Yes. Uh, I had some issues on the original review uh, with the production value of it, mm. um, which I no longer had on this version. Obviously, this one sounds really good. I really enjoy the chorus that they uh, that they put in this one. It's really fucking catchy. The The beat is is fucking awesome. This one stands out to me, I think, a little bit more than the original. I don't know how to explain it. It's just and I'm trying not to compare it too much, like I said, but their flows are solid on this one. This is a, a fucking great story of just, you know, getting the mask, you know, grabbing a mask to do fucking crimes and killing people and shit. That is what it's, it's about. Fun. Yeah. It sounds great. I, I enjoy this version better. It is what are your thoughts? Uh well, you know, you said you don't want to compare versions. I'm definitely going to compare versions on all of them. So uh, I, I know I am too. <laughs> I'm just so, I, and I think yeah. it's fair to do. These are remixes yeah. and remakes of the original songs. So we'll do both. We'll we'll compare them, but we'll also talk about the song's individual merits. This one is very different from the original. Very different. Musically, everything about it, very different. Uh, and their delivery and voices sound far more confident and polished now than they did. It's funny that you said you don't have any issues with the production on this one because this is the only track on the tape that I did have some issues with. I think the beat really? is, yeah, the beat is cool, but the mix feels off to me. Those the female mm. vocals that are in that beat feel way too loud. And at times they overpower other things and compete with their vocals. And that bothered me. I wish they could bring those down a little uh, or bring everything else up a little. And if it wasn't for that, this version would easily be the better of the two for me. And even with those issues, I still think it's a very cool track. Fuck yeah. I actually, uh, I enjoyed how present uh, that was in the mix, but it's completely understandable. Yeah. Completely understandable. Perfect. Well, let's go ahead and move on then to the uh, last track of side one. Uh, and this is Outbreed, originally featured on Outbreed in 1995. What were your thoughts? So I am not a huge fan of the music or hook from the original version of this song. And when I heard this, a very Esham sounding beat, this works much better for me. I really I was like, oh, OK, good. This to me, this is easily the preferred version uh, between the two. And I actually I actually like this version of this song quite a bit. I think that beat is really cool. I like the hook. Their voices sound great. Like. I know that I was not a huge fan of Outbreed, the album, but I I really like this song and I would like to hear Outbreed put through this filter. But what were your thoughts? I remember being very annoyed uh, with the beat and having issues with the beat uh, in the original version. And when I went back and listened to the original version an additional time, they came back in full force. That is not the case here. I fucking love this beat. This beat is awesome. It works with the song so well. Uh, this is absolutely the far preferred version. Yes. Yeah, very yeah, cool. There's, uh, there's no doubt. Cool. Well, let's move on to side two, The House. 
uh, some more. Oh, my goodness. Mostly more um, modern songs, I would say. But the first one is also from Outbreed, released in 95 originally. And this song is called Call It What You Want. What were your thoughts? Well, so I called it what I want, what I really, really wanted. Oh. Uh, <laughs> this version. So, okay. So the original version of Call It What You Want, it had a pretty busy beat. But I feel like this version, uh, I, I really like the beat on this. I really like their their deliveries on this one. The ROC starts off and is just so fucking just confident and rips it uh, with with an amazing verse uh, with amazing flows. The fucking um, interlude thing that they have, uh, the call it what you want, motherfucker. Yeah, call it what you want. Hook sounds fucking solid. I really like this version. I think this version is is personally the superior version uh, to me. Mr. Bones obviously uh, had a fucking solid verse. Yeah, this this one, the beat was not as busy and their flows were fucking confident and sounded good as hell. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'll agree. This song it sounds completely different from the original and it, it gives the song a totally different vibe. If if you didn't know that this was a remake of the other song, you would just think this was a new song until you caught on to the lyrics and went, oh, 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 okay. They I mean, they even went so far as they changed up the order of the verses. So the ROC comes first on this version. They on the other version, there was no pauses or breaks or hook or chorus. They just went verse to verse. And this one they did add those breaks in between there was a big I love long interlude. yeah there was a big long outro on the other version and they took that out like they structured the song more like a traditional song which i have no problems within a non-traditional song structure but in this instance the songwriting is there the the musical know-how is there like this is a far more competent and more listenable song than the other one i think great great track far more listenable version. Oh, absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. Restructuring it into the uh, a song helped them out a lot with this. Yes. One. My my main issue with the original version was the beat and that completely changed when they completely changed that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> On this one it feels like the original version was like the demo version and here is the yeah. we listened to it and thought about it and put some more time into it and built it out a little version. bit more, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, perfect. Let's move on to track number seven. This is called The House, originally featured on Head Trauma yeah. in 1996. We It was not too long ago that we listened to Head Trauma, actually. No, it wasn't. And somehow, even though it hasn't been that long, I almost forgot what Head Trauma is like. And listening back to the original version gave me some trauma, or at least reminded me of the trauma that I, I gained the first time. And I remember how much I disliked the production and the music on that album. And this was one of the tracks with, I think even on that album, probably a more interesting or changed up beat, if I remember correctly. But with that said, the beat change here on this version is so very welcome. I dig it a lot. They also replaced the sample on the hook in the original version with a more proper hook and break. Again, 
putting a more structured feel to the song. Again, it doesn't have to always be verse chorus, but I think it works well in this track. Overall, I think this song sounds good and I definitely would rather listen to this than most most things from Head Trauma. What were your thoughts? So when I look back at my notes on what I thought of Head Trauma in the context uh, or what I thought of the house in the context of Head Trauma, one of the prominent things written down is so much of the same. So clearly this was right on brand with head trauma. And I think I I can agree with you. I forgot how much when I went back and listened to the house. And even when I I went back and listened to the next track we're about to listen to Mm. or about to talk about Nosferatu, I thought, wow, I I remember the the production issues uh, on on the this album, the, the, the issues that we had with it for the most part. But that completely changed with this one, with this version. Yeah. This is clearly the far superior version. This feels like, especially with that changed and properly built out uh, hook, feels more like a thought out and uh, more matured version of a, a song. I, I love the 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 hook that they put in. I love the, the fucking beat. I love their verses. Uh, this one is a really, really uh, the far superior version. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with using a sample for a break or a hook or an interlude. Sometimes that works great. And I don't think it was Absolutely. a terrible thing in the original. But I, I remember saying when we reviewed Head Trauma that one of the things that we wish is that there were more memorable songs, more hooks, things like that, that would keep bringing you back to songs. And I think making the change here, it's I think it was the right decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Cool. Awesome. Well, let's move on to track eight. Nosferatu, also from Head Trauma, released in 1996. What are your thoughts here? All right. Got one eye. It's red like R2-D2, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Not to bring, not to rehash that as something that's been talked about in the Discord following that episode, but... The original version, I I really dug uh, the the beat. I really dug the flows. It, it was it, it felt like a change up from uh, and th- this is coming straight off my notes. Um, it felt like a change up from what we'd had previous on head. Like this was this felt like an interesting song from Head Trauma. I fucking love this version. The, this uh, this this version is so so fucking sick. I love the chorus on this. I, I fucking love their deliveries. I love the beat. The uh, the ROC just sounds fucking phenomenal. Hectic sounds fucking phenomenal. Star Wars issues aside, this this is a great version. And I loved, uh, you know, I, I heavily enjoyed the original version, but I, I really love this version. All right. Well, I think this beat goes fucking hard and I think fuck the original version (laughs) Uh, again on this one. They replaced the sample in the chorus with a more legit hook. I feel like listening to this song, my brain was like, did they hear us back in time complaining about their whack beat and lack of hooks on head trauma when they went back and remade these? Like, did we time machine? Is that what happened? (laughs) because they exactly the things that I had issues with, they fixed here and made this song great. 
And part of me is like, oh, I want to hear a whole head trauma album, but done like this. this. But then I thought, no, I don't want them to waste their time on a head trauma remake. I just want to hear the next album they were going to release because clearly they were headed in the right direction. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Was this one of the ones we disagreed on? I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know if we did. I don't think I genuinely I hated disag- it. But. I genuinely enjoyed. I mean, I, and maybe in the context of of listening to head trauma, uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as I just listening to it as a one off for this episode. Right. I don't know. I don't but, think uh, I hated it when we listened to it. But hearing this version, I'm like, I have no use for the original. Oh, now. no. Hearing this version, you're like, OK, well, you know. What's the, what's the point of the other one at this right, point? Exactly. Um, awesome. Let's go ahead and move on to the next track. And this is the final track of side two. This is weakness, which was originally featured on outbreed. What were your thoughts on weakness? Uh, well, my first two thoughts were the flyer said top 10, but there's only nine tracks on here. My next thought after that was I wonder why they chose to put this song last, because for the most part, everything else goes in order from their earliest stuff to their most recent stuff. And then another outbreed song at the end. So they must have thought this is great. But to me, this one was a huge misstep. This is the one track on the album that I'm like, you didn't make it better. It's got that head trauma production vibe and the original track and beat to me, I think are a lot more fitting and better for this song. And the the one thing that I'll say is, yes, they did replace the sample on the chorus with a more straightforward hook and it works. But in this instance, I actually think I like the sample on the original better. I was not a fan of this. I didn't think it was terrible, but listen, I you know, if I had never heard the original song, maybe I'd be like, oh, yeah, this is OK. But I think the original actually works a lot better musically, vibe wise, everything about it. Fair enough. I uh, I thought this version was pretty okay. The chorus, I mean, didn't f- the chorus that they built out for this felt a little lazy. So at that point, it's like, okay, well, why not just kind of keep the the sample that they had? Because I I, I kind of like the sample that they had on it. But it, I, this version was pretty pretty decent in my opinion. I, I don't think when I listen to the original, I feel like I I like this this. I feel like I like the hook better than the the uh, the sample. The sample was good. I, I I don't get don't get me wrong. I like the sample version on the original, but but I, I kind of like that they built out a hook on this one. It kind of felt felt better in my opinion. But yeah, no, this version is okay. It's not vastly better. Like it's not a night and day better difference than its predecessor. Like a lot of these have been, but I think it's pretty good. I I, I like it a lot. All right. Fair enough. Yeah, that's it. There was no 10th. Whatever that 10th was, it's not there. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Did you have uh, favorite tracks from this album? What were your favorites? You know, I got to say, I think my 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 two, if I could pick a favorite for each side, it would be on side one, probably home sweet home. And side two, uh, Nosferatu. I I think my favorite overall is probably Outbreed and also Nosferatu. I think Nosferatu is great. I think that's the that's the standout track on this thing. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely the standout on side two. And and I really liked Outbreed as well. 
so don't don't get me wrong. If I could pick a third, it might have been Outbreed or Homebound. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I really liked Outbreed as well. Um, Okay, so let's uh, we've kind of talked overall thoughts a little bit on each one of these. But I mean, let's talk overall thoughts. Let's 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 summate. Sure. Our overall thoughts. Uh, I'll go first. This overall, it feels like what they did is they they took everything from their general widely released discography as House of Crazies and they they took their standouts, their favorites, and they updated them and made them into uh, uh, matured sounding solid release. Uh, a solid cohesive side one side two tape release and it felt like they did that to call it done obviously they didn't right obviously that's not that wasn't their intention they fully intended on releasing more things and we're about to talk about some of the things that they intended on releasing but this felt like they were putting the punctuation mark on house of crazies for us there wasn't a lot of bad uh, on this release you can nitpick and and you can you can pick out things that you like better on the original versions uh that you don't like on on this version everybody's gonna have that you know that's that's just natural especially if you listen to the original versions first but i don't think anybody can deny that this is a great summation and, and updated versions of house of crazies discography type thing yeah Man, I I think this tape is a full on banger, especially side two. For, oh, yeah. I mean, forget the last song, whatever. But I wonder why this album gets no love. Like, where are the Magic Ninja re-releases on tape and vinyl? They didn't do it. Uh, yeah, no. I uh, so one of my listens that I did, I ended up just listening um, on a YouTube version, and that was like one of the five comments on this YouTube vision that uh, YouTube video that has all of the songs put together in a string. Uh, one of the five comments on it was, man, uh, I'm so bummed that nobody, uh, that they never did a magic ninjas uh, re-release of this shit. Like this is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, dude, that kind of fucking sucks. Yeah, I would weird. love to have this because you know, it, it would be really easy to say, you know, why are we even doing an episode reviewing this? You've already talked about these songs, but we really, I mean, we did and we didn't because this is very different. And I also think that this tape marks a notable and audible evolution in their sound, even from head trauma. I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, this was an interesting thing for them to do, right? Their skills had changed a lot over the past four or five years. And in listening to the track side by side, it's undeniable how much better they are as as MCs on this. And, you know, being full on re-recordings and reimaginings, it's interesting that even compared to Head Trauma, which had only come out the previous year, I think the production, the music, their their delivery, everything has improved from that point even. And, you know, overall, there's a big is, leap. Yeah, this yeah. is this is really good. I think House of Crazies was headed toward great things. And in a way, I'm almost sad that they ever met ICP because I really want to know what their trajectory would have looked like. I want to hear the albums that they would have released after this and, and hear where they would have gone. But that's not how it happens. So this actually seems like a very fitting final House of Crazies album, even if 
it was not intended to be. Uh, I do wonder, though, how they chose these songs. Were they their favorites? Are they the most popular tracks, the ones that people wanted to hear at shows? Because I personally oh, think yeah, I might have picked different songs than this. But but yeah, it just, you know, an interesting thing overall. Very cool. I feel like maybe I would have picked, you know, one or two different. But yeah, that would be interesting to find out how they decided which ones to to go on here. Yeah, absolutely. I 100% agree with you. Uh, it would it would be awesome to see what House of Crazies could have been into the 2000s. Uh, we're going to get a taste of what they might have been into the late 90s, at least. Hey, very true. Um, and I'm ready to taste it up. I don't know about you. Let's let's do it. Let's get a taste. All right. So we have some some selection of songs. Yeah. Nine songs called House of Crazy Songs We Missed. Yes. These are all songs that uh, Robbie uh, at Twisted History on Instagram, like we said previously, has uh, selected for us and gave us a little bit of info on uh, where they came from. So uh, let's go and start with the first of the selection. The song is called Satanic for Life. Uh, the artist is Evol featuring House of Crazies. Now, Evol is the ROC's cousin, and he previously rapped with the ROC under the name Big Father High Top back in 1992. So this kind of was when he rebranded himself. From what I can tell from what Robbie sent us, this is sort of when he rebranded himself uh, and HOK kind of came in and featured on one of these songs to sort of help him out type of thing. Yeah, I think the ROC produced this album as well. And I think this was yeah. Evol's like uh, rebranding as a, a wicked rapper, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what uh, what were your thoughts on Satanic for Life? <laughs> yeah, so this is from 1994, which would have been back when the not the first, the second two House of Crazies albums came out. Right. This would have been Homebound and Season of the Pumpkin era. Right. So a very good era for House of Crazies, for sure. And uh, as soon as this track started. I will say this is not how I expected a song called Satanic for Life to sound. <laughs> it's so fucking soft and funky. I don't know. The, this whole crew were really biting Esham hard as fuck back then. It's undeniable. Oh, Making, yeah. Like you look at the tape cover, Satanic for Life. The whole thing is just they must have worshipped Esham. You know, I mean, and I can't deny his shit was cool as fuck. Right. So. Yeah, I hey, I listened to this era of Esham like very actively. Yeah, right. It, it, like, so I don't blame them at all. I fucking love Esham in this time. Right. So, I mean, you know, Esham kind of created a scene, right? Everybody in Detroit was like, oh, shit, we need to get on that bandwagon. Right. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. This song, I don't really know what to say about. This feels like early House of Crazy stuff. But I will say Evil is probably the weakest MC on the track. His last line is that he has a devilish sound. And I'm like, no, dude, you don't. I'm sorry. You might be <laughs> you might be saying the words, but your delivery and the beat here sound. The only thing devilish right. about those is that they torture my ears, to be honest. <laughs> what were okay. your thoughts, though? Yeah, Evil was clearly um, clearly the, the weakest on the track. I agree. That being said, this, yeah, this song sounds soft as fuck for uh, a song 
titled Satanic for Life, but I really like that that baseline that they have. It's I very groovy. Would. I knew you would. Um, it's really, yeah, it's really good. Obviously, this is 1994. The mix is is pretty rough. It sounds like a house of, you know, early House of Crazies type mixing mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's fine. I like that type of, you know, I, I can deal with that type of sound. Yeah. The line, uh, nightmare, my life is like a living hell. Why don't I kill myself? Fuck it. I might as well. That's pretty uh, hard. Fucking hard as fuck. But that also sounds such like a line that Isham would say. For sure. Like. You're there's no doubt in my mind. You're so right. Like this is Ishan vibes as fuck, but it's it's good as shit. So I don't care. Yeah. Uh, but Eve Evol was Evol was definitely the weakest of the track. I would love to hear them do this song and just leave Evol off. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even though it's on <laughs> Evol's album. Right? <laughs> yeah. No. Is that bad? Like I I'm sorry, but that's just I would love to hear that. We're going to talk about Evol again in a couple of tracks. And yeah, I just here's the thing. (laughs) Evol definitely sounds like somebody who rapped under the name Big Father High Top. That's, you know, that's just that. that clearly is his vibe. So. All right. Let's move on to the second song in our selection. This one is very interesting, and I'm going to talk about it in a moment here. But the song is called Back to Our Graves. The artist is Two Crazy Devils from the album Flipped Insanity, released, well, never properly released, but planned for release in 1995. So here's the deal with this. While promoting Homebound in 1994, the guys in House of Crazies met these two kids that were handing out flyers who claimed to be in a rap group. And they were promoting their group with these flyers, even though they didn't have any music to promote. Their group mm. was called Two Crazy Devils. And uh, these kids in the group went by the names Psycho C and Crazy. Now, the the two groups, this Two Crazy Devils and House of Crazies, I guess were kindred spirits. They just became friends, really hit it off. And the ROC agreed to produce some music for them. Now, the music was never properly released, but it did get leaked or bootlegged many years later. I guess they recorded the stuff, didn't have money to put it on tapes or anything like that. So they dubbed some off for people or just kept it for themselves, whatever. But when Two Crazy Devils eventually broke up, the members both continued their rap careers, but under different names. Psycho C became Blaze Your Dead Homie, who was almost a member of Twisted. More on that in the first episode of season six. Robbie will talk about it. Well, he was almost a member of what would become Twisted. I'll say that. And then right. um, the rapper known as Crazy became Scraps, who would then replace Paul and Jamie in House of Crazies after they left the group for like the second version of House of Crazies. Mm, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And huh. later, that version of House of Crazies would essentially changed their name to Halfbreed. It was kind of a different thing, but the same two guys making the same style of music. So this this meeting and this pair up, very significant. I Yeah, I would say. Yeah. What um, were your thoughts on the track, though? First and foremost, this right here, I feel like is such a classic 90s horrorcore beat. Oh, right? yeah. Like, oh, yeah. This, this is when you think... 90s horrorcore you think of this like this is what i would play in my mind as a, a, a just a generic horrorcore beat in the 90s and that's a good thing i love it i think it's a great beat 
Uh, I think that they all work it very well. I don't think that there's a, a standout weak person on this track. Two crazy devils are good. They'll, I'm, I'm about to read a line and it might get lost just with me speaking it, but the way it's like fits in with the flows and the way it's delivered is nuts. Uh, I'm the skipper, the flipper, the Jack, the Ripper. I'll throw you in a coffin, bitch, because I'm the crypt keeper. I audibly like gasped when I first heard it when, during my first listen through. Like I audibly was like, I, I, I paused it and I went back and I had to listen to it again because it, it, it went fucking insane. But uh, this song is great. I like this song a lot. <laughs> this is such a like classic 90s, uh, like mid 90s horrorcore song. And I fuck with it so hard. Yeah, I would say it definitely sounds like House of Crazy stuff of that era, but just different enough. And this grouping works like pairing oh, yeah. pairing this two crazy devils with House of Crazies really works like this could have been a cool group if they just put everybody together and eventually in different ways that kind of happens. Uh, so the first verse up is Jamie, but it does not sound like Jamie to me. Very weird that his voice sounds so different. The ROC in this era just cracks me up. He says, my lyrics are sweet, sweet like a gangster with the three piece suit. And I'm like, what? A, what is the rhyme scheme here? <laughs> anyway, um, I thought Crazy's delivery was fine, competent, better than a kid recording his first thing should be. Uh, yeah, but he goes hard with the evil lyrics. There's some dark stuff in that verse. Uh, Baby Blaze sounds so different. And it's funny, though, Blaze has that deep, gruff, like just gravelly voice. And you can hear just a little bit of it in there. Like I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily pick it out if somebody didn't tell me who it was. But knowing who it is, I can hear it. And it's interesting. You um, can hear the yeah, yeah. yeah. you can yeah. you can hear the early versions of it. Yeah. yeah. Paul sounds good. Like, yeah, this is this. I, the beat, the beat works. I liked it. I think overall, I, I wouldn't say I love this song, but it's a cool song. And really like just seeing the roots of what would happen further down the line uh, is interesting. But I'm also kind of bummed that they never just joined the groups to make a super group at the time because it would have been cool. Oh, I know this 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 super group would have worked, I think, big time. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and move on then to track three. Now, the next three tracks, three through five, are um, tracks from the ROC's solo album, Exposed, yep. uh, during the HOK era. So uh, these are all from 1996. The first one we'll talk about is Outrage. This is featuring uh, Mr. Bones and Evol. <laughs> yep, Evol's back already. Hell Yeah. Uh, so this isn't a beat or music that I, I like, especially at the hook with that sloppy steel drum, like keyboard sound. I just that did not work at all for me. Uh, this came out around the same time as Head Trauma, and I'm not shocked at all listening to this. This feels like a track that could have been there. ROC and Bones both sound good on this, but Evil sounds like a rapper from 1983 just trying to say bad, scary things. It's so <laughs> bad. Like, if we made fun of him on the first one, this one is hilariously bad. Like, and the thing is, he ends the song by saying the whole album is tight. You can't skip any tracks. Fuck that. I'd skip the fuck out of this song. This shit is whack. 
It's terrible. Uh, I didn't like this. What were your thoughts? I was I was mad iffy on this beat, and I fucking still am. <laughs> I do not like this beat at all. This this beat is not something that I really enjoy. Yeah, Evol put a smile on my face. It was it was laughable how how just Evol that was. Oh. Um, yeah, if it was if if we if we shat on him uh, in Satanic for Life. We're diarrheaing on him now because <laughs> <laughs> it was this shit was corny and bad and not good at all. Uh, that being said, Mr. Bones sounded fine. The ROC sounded fine. Uh, I just here, didn't like this beat. I wasn't a fan of uh, of Evil. No. Uh, yeah, weak track. Here's my here's my diss track toward Evil. You call yourself Evil, but that's backwards as fuck because I do not love. Oh my god! <laughs> there you go. I love it. I evolve it. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the fourth song in our selection. Again, also from the ROC's album "Exposed" from 1996. This one's called "Bad Man." What are your thoughts on this song, you bad man? Oh, you bad man! Um. <laughs> First of all, I just want to I'm sorry. We should have talked about this in the uh the first uh in the during the last track. Have you by chance seen a picture of this tape cover for Exposed? I mean, it pops up when you play the track, yeah. And I talked about it. What when... do you mean it pops up? I got I got all the, all my tracks off the Google Drive file. Yeah, I did too. Said. And when you play them in Windows Media Player, it has the album covers for everything. Oh, I have them on my phone. Okay, I didn't get album covers. No, I see that. I see it on Genius. Um, oh yeah, no, I talked yeah. about this album cover when we talked about head trauma, and I was That's like, right. If you yeah, haven't seen did. it, make sure you take a look because it's hilarious. That's right. We did. I remember you saying that. Um, I never, I never got around to looking at it until we started talking about this album and i realized i should have brought it up during outrage <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say i'm glad that the roc was not the art director for house of crazies because <laughs> who yeah. chose this for the cover <laughs> although i would love to see uh this but with jamie madrox <laughs> <laughs> i want to see that too uh <laughs> So, yeah, ROC okay. featuring Mr. Yeah. Bones, Badman. What's your thoughts? Badman. Um, so it's weird. This song seems and I only listened to the three songs uh, off of this tape that we had here. Same. Right? I haven't but listened to the whole song album. seems mixed differently than the f song previous to this and the song we're about to talk about. Oh, that's so unlike the ROC. Usually he's a very consistent producer and everything sounds <laughs> perfect. You'd say, you think, but no, the vocals are mixed very low in this song. Um, I am not a fan of this hook. It's incredibly hard to understand. I don't know what sort of vocal effect they put on it. Plus the fact that it was mixed low, plus the fact that the beat sort of covered it up. I, I, I wasn't a fan of the hook, but the ROC verses sounded great. Fucking <laughs> fucking um, Mr. Bones verse sounded great. 
Uh, they both like they worked the beat very well. It's just it was hard to understand. The song was OK. It was better than the previous because it didn't have evil. OK, <laughs> I'm just going to read you verbatim my notes on this song. OK, this is a lot better than the previous song. This is featuring Mr. Bones, but Jamie is just on the hook. He doesn't have a verse or anything. There are some production choices made here and they don't all work for me. It's OK, though. Dark sounding. Did Jamie not have a verse? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, my God. I, I thought I heard him in there, but I, I'm now that I'm thinking about I think you're right. I, I think, think he he's just, just got the, the hook. hook in the outro. It's just it's so it was so like the with the mix. It was just so hard to fucking am understand. I, am I, I wrong on that? I no, I think. No. Now, now that I'm thinking back to it and like replaying the verses mentally in my mind, you're I think you're right. I think he just has the hook in uh, in what the outro. Right. I think yeah. so. Yeah, no, I think you're right. Damn. Let me, let me, I, I can't even bring up the lyrics for this. Yeah. The Wait, lyrics are missing on, on genius. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're just, they're missing. Yeah. I don't, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I no, I, defer, I defer to you. I had a, tr- a hard time understanding. Uh, is, so I had a hard time differing voices cause, cause of the mix uh, on this one, but yeah, I think it's just the ROC and then sense. Jamie on yeah. the hook. That's all I could. Okay. Tell. That makes sense. Awesome. Are you ready to move into the next track? Okay, fine. Perfect. Uh, I would like to intro you into this song. Intro to my click off the same album, Exposed. Yeah, sure. That works. B-R-O-C. Featuring <laughs> House it. of Crazies. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, intro to my click. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are this is such a House of Crazy sounding song. And honestly, it's a pretty good one. It's interesting to me that this didn't make it onto a proper House of Crazies album because it's it's cool. Yeah, I don't I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot more to say about it outside the fact that this feels like a definitive like this is the House of Crazies song about the House of Crazies. And it's weird that it's on the ROC's solo tape. So, yeah. What are your thoughts? Yeah, this is. This is a House of Crazy song. I don't know why they put it on here. Was this a mistake? This needed to be on a, a release, a yeah. proper House of Crazy yeah. release. Yeah. Um. the The beat is busy, but in a good way. I really like how busy the beat is. I love the fucking hook. Um. It's it's so it's so sick. They all work the beat so well. This is such a great like whole squad song, and it's a ta- they're just talking about themselves. Yeah. Like, so they, this absolutely should have been a, just a house of crazies track, this but I'm glad that we been on, on head trauma. Yeah. I would have loved to see this on head trauma. I'm glad to see that we were able to not miss it though. And we were able to catch it because it's a good song. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. S- speaking of good songs, let's move on to track number six. This is where things change up. The, Remaining four songs that we're going to talk about are all songs that were intended to go on the follow up to Head Trauma, the the album that was called The Evolution that was promoted inside that tape. And most of them are unreleased. There are one or two here that were released or released in some capacity, and this is one of them. The artist here is House of Crazies. The year is... 1997 or eight ish, we would assume the song is called murder, murder, murder. And 
here's some information. Yes, this song was originally recorded for the follow-up to Head Trauma, which was supposed to be a 30-track double album, which apparently was promoted under two names. We saw in the tape that it's called The Evolution, but apparently they were also promoting it as shit to make your ears bleed. Now, I don't know if the double album was going to be called The Evolution and the, you know, one disc was called one, one disc was called the other, or whether they were going back and forth on names. But I guess it depended on which flyer or promotion you saw. House of Crazies clearly broke up before that album was finished or released. And only this song and the next three that we're going to talk about have surfaced, meaning there could be 26 other unheard House of Crazy songs out there from this era. Potentially. I mean, they might be lost to time forever or maybe they never recorded them all, but maybe there's more out there. So there is a version of this song without the ROC's verse on the Twisted album, Most Tasteless. And I'm going to talk about another place where the ROC's verse does show up after we get through these songs. But what were your thoughts on Murder, Murder, Murder? First off, I love this beat. This beat is super fucking sick. Uh, the Their verses are all solid as, as fuck. You can hear that this is when they were they were really finding themselves and really confident and solid in their flows, in their vocal patterns, in how they work the beat and how they write. Um, I really love, really love their verses. The only thing I'm not a huge fan of the hook. It's it's very unsettling, but I think it was meant to be that way. So I can't even knock it on that. Right. It like it's a it, it, just with the effects that they used. And how they worked it with the beat, it was it was very a very unsettling hook. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Okay. I like the the rest of it. I like all the fuck the all yeah all the verses, like they all sounded sick. And honestly, uh, the ROC's verse was uh, really fucking good. I really like the ROC's verse. So um, yeah, we're gonna hear this on most tasteless, but. Uh, I think I might miss the ROC's verse when we hear it. I don't know. Well, we'll see. I I was going to say, I'll be really interested to see how you feel having heard this version first. But this is not the first version of it you've heard. Because in episode 24 of our show, when we were starting season two, we did a catch up episode where I said, let's listen to a selection of 17 songs from Twisted that I'm going to pick that were released during the first mm, six that's era. Right. So this song was definitely on that list because that's this right. is one of my top favorite Twisted songs. It's probably one of my favorite rap songs of all time. Like if I was to sit down and make a list, a personal list of top 20 favorite rap songs, this would be very likely to end up on it. I would. Think I don't so. blame. I would not blame you for that. By the way, I completely forgot that I listened to Twisted's version first on this. Oh my god! Yeah, well, I that mean, was you so only long ago. Yes, that was. Yeah, I listened. To, yeah, I listened to it like twice for an episode recorded in 2020. Yeah, that was over two years ago. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, this is a strange version for me. Because oh yeah, let's. I can't wait to hear your perspective on this. Yeah, well, absolutely. I didn't know this song existed until recently. Like I knew that some of the stuff on Most Tasteless was 
not initially recorded for Most Tasteless, that there were songs uh-huh. that were brought in from demos and stuff that, that they had been working on prior. So this, uh-huh. though, was not one that I knew. I I fully just thought this was a song recorded for that album. Just comparing to House of Crazy stuff, though, it fucking blows my mind how much progress they made in just a year or two. In just oh, yeah. since head trauma from head trauma to this fucking track. Holy shit. What a difference musically production wise delivery wise. I think collector's edition 97 pointed toward this, but this track hearing this is mind blowing to me. Just thinking about that, that thinking that house of crazies was on this tip for the next album. And now I'm even more mad that we never got to hear the next album. I mean, yeah, we heard Twisted, so there's that. But I will say, though, I think removing the ROC's verse makes this track flow better. It also makes the track so much darker. I don't think the ROC's verse is bad, but there are jarring beat pauses in the ROC's verse that is are weird to me. And his verse is also about something completely different than Paul and Jamie's verse, which is a thing that happens. Um, I'm I'm totally with his theme, the all all the KKK killing stuff. That's cool. It's just uh-huh. not dark or unsettling like Paul and Jamie's verses are. Their verses right. are scary. And the first time I heard this song, it was it was kind of like the first time I heard Kill the Fetus by Isham. And I was like, whoa, I don't know if I'm allowed to listen to this because it's yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It, it like it touches something really dark in the back of your mind. And you're like, oh, I don't want to hear this stuff. I think the twisted version is a more consistent and better track because the ROC isn't on it. And I hate to he- I hate to say that and it, that I may be swayed by the fact that I've listened to that version so many times and I really like right. it. But this was super interesting to hear. And I wonder how I'd feel if I had heard this version first. Now, very few people have because the song was never properly released. But of course, I you know, I wonder I wonder if, you know, I wonder how I'd feel about it. But I do think that. The twisted version is the superior version, even though they're just cutting part out. Yeah, it's funny when we reviewed head trauma, I I knew that we had like, you know, a few more House of Crazies things to listen to before we got into twisted. But I, I remember thinking like, man, they have such a long way to go, like such a huge leap from this to twisted. This right here was that leap. Yep, absolutely. Like, this right here was that leap. And yeah. I'm so yeah, I would have loved a scenario where we would have at least gotten evolution out yeah as as house of crazies this episode um, between collector's edition 97 and these extra tracks fill in the blanks and i go okay now i understand the full progression getting to there absolutely no uh, i i 100 agree i will say if we did get evolution we absolutely would have split that into two episodes, though, because I would not have reviewed 30, 30 songs no, in one, gotten one sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, awesome. OK, well, fuck. Yeah. What let's what say you we move on to the next track? <laughs> I say, <laughs> yay, let us. OK, so, so this song also, uh, presu- you know, like Eric said, this presumably was recorded around the same time, but this was released uh, on an album called Mom and Mob Mentality. It was a compilation uh, in 1997. Later included on House of Crazies compilation slash greatest hits album Casket Cuts in 2013. 
This also planned to be on the follow-up to Head Trauma. The song is titled Ghost. What are your thoughts? Yeah, man, I'm stoked that we're at least getting to hear a few songs from that intended follow-up to Head Trauma. And as truly great as Murder, Murder, Murder is, I think this one's a bit less great, in my opinion. Um, The beat isn't super thrilling to me, and it gets a little busy and almost messy when you get to the hook. It is cool, though, to hear that song and then this one and even the other ones and and know that they were headed back toward more scary, dark and horror themed songs and lyrics after Head Trauma, because Head Trauma in a lot of places just abandoned that. And all four of these songs do feel a little more like they were headed back toward maybe their roots a bit. Uh, I like one of the random things that caught my ear and kind of sent me down a memory trip. Jamie says something looking at my Indiglo. It's about that time, something like that. His Indiglo reference was really weird for me because in the early, maybe mid 90s, there were all these commercials on TV for this new technology for Iron Man watches that had Indiglo and the watches light up blue so you can see them in the dark instead of. I rem- yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I got one for Christmas one year and I just thought it was cool as fuck. I remember like I would sit in school and just press the button and light it up just because I thought it was cool. Um, but yeah, what a weird random reference that uh, I thought was really fun. Overall, this track is fine. I don't think this one is great. It's not a huge standout like, wow, blow me away track. But it was cool to hear. What'd you think? Yeah, this song uh, I didn't like as much as Murder, Murder, Murder. I think the beat gets a little bit off the rails during the hook. It gets a little busy, uh, but it's okay. Their flows are so fucking good. I love, and this is something that they've, uh, you know, done a little bit for a while, but it seems like in, in what they were leading up to, this was really going to be a standout feature that they were going to do in a lot of tracks. I love when the beat cuts off and they just continue their flows Mm -hmm. just is so like solid with dead sounds behind it. And then it kicks back in. It seems like that was something that they've were, were obsessed with doing uh, around this time because it came up a lot in this song and uh, it comes up a, a little bit more. You know, they, they do it a little bit more in the last few songs as well. Yeah. Um, This song was really cool. Not as good as murder, 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 but I really thought this song was cool. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to track eight. This one is called House Up on the Hill. Again, House of Crazies. Again, intended for the follow-up to Head Trauma. Uh, And this one was later included also on Casket Cuts in 2013. But this is a final track that only appears on the CD version of Casket Cuts. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, this beat is super cool. I really like the beat on this one. The ROC starts and his verse sounds fucking amazing. The chorus is uh, is uh, Jim Morrison, as stated on Genius.com. The beat is very interesting as a... Uh, they have beat breaks, uh, especially towards the end, but they have beat breaks where the beat in and of itself carries on a melody that's that's interesting enough that's interesting enough to give itself its own like kind of chorus thing you know what i'm saying and it sounds it sounds really cool i loved i love their flows on this one i think that they they uh they're they sound amazing i i I really wish that we would we're we're hearing 30 of uh more of this you know oh for sure 
it's it, it that's and that's all that's like plaguing my mind when i'm listening to this is thinking about what could have been but i really i really appreciate what is there now and i really appreciate having these tracks now on my phone and computer so i can listen to them again because they're really good yeah they're cool i you know i listened to this song and i immediately went well this feels like old school house of crazies but modernized like uh, this oh, yeah. one even further drove home that they were going back to their roots or that they were homebound, if you will, uh, or headed back to home, sweet home. Anyway, this is or a if cool, they were better homes and gardens. They didn't. They I mean, I think if they had kept going, eventually they would have made an album called Better Homes and Gardens. Yes, <laughs> I would love to see a house of crazies, better homes and gardens uh, home magazine cover. They would have done one called homeschooled, probably. They would have done uh, one called Old School with Will Ferrell. No, they all have to have home in the title. Oh, they, yeah, they that's make swapping a, over to school. Yeah, yeah. What are you doing? Come on, stay on track. Here. They, would have, they would have done one called Homeward Bound. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like the movie. Yeah. So anyway, this song I think is pretty cool. I like this one better than Ghost, but not as much as Murder, Murder, Murder. Uh, and I still listen to this and i think damn i'd love to have heard this album <laughs> i really would have fuck yeah <laughs> uh perfect let's move on then to the last ever house of crazy song we will ever listen to that's not true but the last house of crazy song on this songs we missed yes this is again intended for the follow-up of head trauma this is a, a track that only appears on the cassette release of C Casket Cuts. Yep. This is basically the exclusive for the cassette version. Yeah, uh, you had to buy song. both. You had to buy CD and cassette if you wanted to hear both of these songs. Correct. This is a song called Reluctant Strain. Yeah. Eric, what are your thoughts? Man, this one feels even more old school than the last one did. And this one is weird because it found it sounds so old school to me, like the vocal production and beats sound like Outbreed or Season of the Pumpkin to me. And I almost find it hard to believe that this was recorded with the previous three. This feels totally like an earlier track to me. And as much as I I liked some of these four songs after hearing them, I'm still curious to know what this album would have sounded like. But having heard these four songs and also having heard Most Tasteless, I might have changed my stance slightly on wishing House of Crazies never met ICP. Now I'm kind of feeling thankful they did, because as much as I like some of these songs, this track made me go, mm, uh, maybe they weren't making all the progress that I thought they were. And I'm kind of glad that we got to hear what we did. I, I guess what I want is both. I want them to mm. have been able to do both. I, I don't got know. you. What were your thoughts on this one? You know what? This might, this might sound one note of me, but they could have released five more albums that just sounded like a more uh, refined version of early House of Crazies. And I would have been so I would have <laughs> lapped it up like a fucking dog. Well, yeah, you know okay. what I'm saying? Like, I, I absolutely would have just fucking ate that shit and asked for more. This song is 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 really fucking good to me. I think the beat is pretty cool. Uh, I think the hook is super cool. I dig all their flows. Uh, let's talk about something in particular, and that is the end of verse one. Mr. Bones hits, I ain't a tribe called Quest, but still ask what's the scenario. I knew that would come. I up. fucking love that nod. 
but honestly well that whole uh that whole verse is is filled with uh with popular albums from the early 90s references like filled to the brim yeah i'm not gonna they're all annotated um on genius by mustard so thank you so much mustard so uh y'all can go look at that but this sounds like refined early hok and yeah does that get old eventually i'm sure it would but i feel like it's gonna get old for me when it's already like moldy and withered away for eric you know what i mean (laughs) maybe true (laughs) because i fucking i fucking love it yeah this song was really good sick well I didn't love this one, and I didn't feel like it sounded refined, but it was still cool to hear. So what were your overall thoughts on the songs we missed? And did you have a favorite of the group? I do have a favorite of the group, and my favorite is Back to Our Graves, I think is my favorite of the group, with Murder, Murder, Murder being a very close second. The only reason I don't put it as first is because uh, I didn't like the hook uh, on it as much as uh, I would have wanted. But um, this selection of songs was really solid. Dave Evil. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm, y'all, I'm, I'm being divisive just for the, I guess, comedic, pur- comedic purposes. But yeah, this, this selection of songs was, was really good. I really love hearing where they were headed, where their minds were at during the post- head trauma era but i also loved hearing what else were they doing while they were releasing you know their other stuff what you know the roc what was he doing and and it was great to hear a few tracks off of his self-titled you know it it's cool to hear this stuff and i'm glad that we only have one selection of songs we missed for house of crazies yes agreed (laughs) what were your overall thoughts eric and do you have a clear favorite song in the selection yeah i mean murder 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 is still my favorite but i thought intro to my click was a cool track um i think that's a cool house of crazy song and back to our graves is really interesting to hear as well so those would be the three that stand out but overall this was a a fun walk down memory lane and a a glimpse into a future that we never got uh yes which which is interesting maybe that that same future where icp stays with disney forever I don't know. This um, is where we were visited by the ghost of HOK future. Right. No, I, this was this was fun to listen to. It was cool. If you if you like House of Crazies, if you've liked any House of Crazies in the past, it's worth checking out these songs. Seek them out. Uh, you can probably find them on YouTube and stuff. We know that the MP3s are floating around out there because we've got them. So, yeah, I, I think these are worth listening to. I enjoyed this. Fuck. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, perfect. Well, Eric. Yeah, it's not time to hang it up yet. No, because we yet. have some some uh, another history lesson. Yes. And that is our after the review info. Yes. Uh, let's kick into it. I mean, where what are we at? How uh, let's let's wrap up House of Crazies. Yeah. So before we started our review, I talked about they were supposed to go on tour for Great Malenko album gets pulled. Tour gets delayed, canceled, whatever it was. House of Crazies decides to do their seven o'clock mass show and drop this collector's edition 97 tape and start recording their next album. Right. Well, yeah. In the meantime, while the great Malenko tour was delayed, 
ICP was trying to figure stuff out, right? Uh, the fall by the by the summer fall of that year, ICP had shopped around to a bunch of record labels, talked to a bunch of everybody wanted to sign them because they were in the news and it was a big deal. And they decided to sign with Island Records, who re-released the great Malenko in August uh, with the additional tracks that Disney didn't want to put on it and everything. And then on August oh, yeah. 28th, they kicked off their their tour to support the great Malenko. And they started with a free concert in Orlando just as a middle finger to Disney. They did it right there, <laughs> right by Disney World. And uh, that was the beginning of a 25 show tour that lasted six weeks. The opening acts for this tour were House of Crazies and a rapper from New York named Misery. So Misery had a sister named Nancy who married this guy named Rob Bruce, whose brother just happened to be Violent Jay. Now, Rob introduces Misery to Jay. Jay, eventually, they decide to sign him to Psychopathic Records and he would release his debut EP, Power La Isla, in 1998. Uh, and he also became a member of Psychopathic Riders when they re released their first album in 1999. Rob and Nancy went on to have a daughter named Samantha. And much later, Samantha and Young Wicked would collaborate to bring down the Psychopathic Records family entirely. Oh, damn. <laughs> it, um, made, it makes it sound like the psychopathic family is like a mob family. Kind of. It kind of is. Sort of. I'm way off topic, though. So House of Crazies and Misery were opening for ICP on ICP's big first national tour. Right. And. Because of that, it was obviously also House of Crazy's first big tour because they were opening for ICP on ICP's first big tour with a tour bus and everything. And according to Jay's book, Behind the Paint, the deal that they made with Misery and House of Crazies, uh, Misery had a hype man as well. So it was it was two guys from ah. Misery and the three guys from House of Crazies. But well, Misery loves company. So I'm absolutely. Yes. <laughs> so here was the deal they made. You open for us on tour and we'll pay you to do it. But you also have to double as our roadies. So you're helping set up and break down, but you're also the opening acts. So that was the deal they had made. Apparently, though, this tour experience was rough. Jay said that there was about 15 people packed into this tour bus with no AC or anything. Their driver was a shitty asshole that was just awful to them and did a lot of shady stuff. And they were having a, kind of a tough time in that regard. Apparently, Brian, the ROC, um, was pretty vocal about how un uncomfortable and unhappy he was with things. He would get loud about it. And he would get loud about being homesick and annoyed. And apparently at one point, Brian started to beef with Legs Diamond, which created some oh, tension no. with Jay. And Jay, no, even legs. Said, Jay even said he's like, everybody gets along with Legs. Nobody fights. Like, there's just no beef there. But uh, I guess they dealt with things. And over the days, they became friends. And about a week and a half in, they're in Cleveland, Ohio. And Brian fully loses his temper. He he gets angry that as they're setting up, they don't have enough room to display their merch. And instead of taking the proper channels to remedy the solution, apparently he walks up to Jay heated, demanding to talk to their manager. I want to talk to Alex. He's pissed. 
And Jay was like, what a Karen. Am I right? It sounds like it. Apparently, Jay was like, yo, you need to stay in your lane and basically fuck off because this is yeah. our tour. And I guess Paul and Jamie were like, hey, man, you need to calm the fuck down. This is their tour. You don't get to come in here demanding to talk to their manager and kind of being a diva. Right. Like this, right. Now, right. in the book, Jay says that after that show, they had a couple of days off. They were they were close to home because they were in Cleveland. And so they went back to Detroit and then they were going to pick things back up in Toledo. But when you look at their tour schedule, it looks like that few days off was actually between their Chicago show, which was the day after Cleveland and picking back up in Cincinnati. Location wise, that all still makes sense. They would go back to Detroit, although. All these shows were close in range to Detroit, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Chicago, Toledo. Who knows exactly where they were and when it happened. Anyway, when the tour picked back up and they got back in the bus to go out on tour, House of Crazies wasn't there. So they went to the next venue. And apparently when they got there, a car pulls up and Paul and Jamie get out without Brian. And they tell Uh Jay that Brian was just went back pissed. He was so unhappy with how things were going. So he goes to their manager, Walter Stepanenko, who tells Brian to just stay home and not go back out for the rest of the tour. What a shitty manager. What the fuck? No, you, you go, hey, man, oh, just please, just stop. Yeah. Like what? I get I get that. You know, you'd be like, listen, man, tour life is dirty and uncomfortable and hot and sometimes tensions flare up but you get over it this is good exposure for you you need to get out there with this group that's fucking huge right now and get in front of people all over the country if you're really serious about making music but instead walter says just stay back don't go back out for the rest of the tour so paul and jamie wanted to continue (laughs) But what they, a bag fumble of the century for Walter Stepanenko. What the seriously, fuck, dude? seriously. Uh, so Paul and Jamie did the right thing instead of, you know, calling or just not showing up. They drive out to Toledo or wherever the next show is meet yeah. with Jay. And they're like, hey, man, here's what happened. We're sorry, but we're going to have to drop the rest of the tour because on top of this, if we go back out, Walter is refusing to give us any merch or anything to sell, which is basically going to make it impossible for us to make money from these shows aside from, you know, what you're paying us, which oh, yeah, and anybody knows yeah. your guarantee is not how you make money on shows. It's, no. it's selling merch. Yeah, your guarantee. You don't make money with the with the venue. You make money selling to, to people. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So they apologized. Jay basically said, you know, hey, we appreciate you letting us know. And Jay even says in the book, he's like, I can tell that they were hurt and upset, but that was it. They were done with the tour. So they drove back to they drove back to Detroit. And I guess one of the guys so fucking pissed if I oh my God, I'd be furiously. I would be fucking livid. Right. So somebody on the crew tells Jay, hey, I've got a band that would be perfect to replace them. They're called Watershed. They're from Ohio or something. Let's just replace them on the tour. And apparently the crowd hated them. Jay was like, these guys were cool. They were a decent band. They were totally just rock music that was not the right thing for us. And the crowd would just hate the fuck out of them every night, throwing shit and booing them off. Uh, So that's how they finished the tour. Now, that sucks. 
I would the, hate to be in that band. Seriously. seriously. I'd be like, can we go home? It did not work out for them. They clearly did Fuck. not go on to be a big thing. Uh, yeah. Jay has a funny story in the book where he says something like, normally I wouldn't go out on stage until it was our turn to perform. He's like, I would start going out and getting the crowd hyped up like, hey, check out Watershed. And he's like, they, it just wouldn't matter. We would just watch from the side of the stage as they just got booed and pelted. And he's like, the one day I was like, hey, well, guys, how did it go? And he's like, oh, pretty good today. We made $17 and change or something like that. Like people were throwing change up at him like quarters and stuff. Fuck. Um, so I, if you if you've never I would say read the book, but listen to the audiobook because Jay puts a lot more in and corrects some things or maybe embellishes further. Either way, it's a great fucking listen. Listen to the book. But by the end of 1997, ICP had finished that tour and they're already planning their next tour for January of 98. It was going to be called the House of Horrors tour. Jamie and Paul called Jay up kind of out of the blue and told him. That after everything went down during the tour, they came back to Detroit and played one last show with Brian. And then that was it. Paul and Jamie parted ways with Brian and it was over. They were done with House of Crazies. That 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 tour and how that shit went down killed the group. I'm not surprised. No, obviously, that would be a a group destroying event. Right. Yeah. Be tough to get past. But they asked Jay. They said, hey, we're. We're still trying to make music. And they were like, can you, you know, help us make something happen? And I mean, Robbie's going to catch us up from there on what happens next. That's the beginning right. of, of season six. There is some stuff that happens before we get to Twisted, but we'll talk about that then. Now, you might think that that was the end of House of Crazies. And I might have just said that's how the group broke up. But after Paul and Jamie left, Brian and Walter kept things going or tried to. So in 1998, Brian teams up with some other Detroit rappers to form a group called The House, spelled H-O-W-S-E, and released an album on Latinum called It's Metamorphous Backwards, Isophromatum. Welcome to the new millennium. Mm. On this album, Brian also starts using the name Soul of the 46th Galaxy. And the album is kind of weird if you listen to it. It's definitely not House of Crazies. Uh, but then in 1999, after Twisted dropped Most Tasteless and had kind of started to blow up, Brian and Scraps from Two Crazy Devils release a new House of Crazies album together on Latinum. It's called The Night They Came Home. Remember, we were just talking about all the home yeah. albums. Now, <laughs> this this album, if you go listen to it, sounds like House of Crazies. And when you hear it, you also realize, especially compared to Twisted stuff, how much of an influence on their sound Brian really had. Uh, it's only a nine track album, uh, including songs like Season of the Pumpkin Revisited and sort of Murder, Murder, Murder. But it's only the hook and the ROC's verse from that song after a very antagonizing check this out and like this long, annoying noise. Kind of, kind of going, hey, look, I was part of that, too. Uh, this was after the song Without His Verse was already released on Twisted's first album. So right. there was a lot of trying to really desperately connect to House of Crazies with it. And yeah, I mean, it's not a bad album. It's OK. It's definitely sounds like House of Crazies, but also it's not House of Crazies. You know, uh, I would yeah, I would I recommend that. giving it a quick spin. 
just to hear it. So also in 1999, Latinum released a limited edition hand numbered run of House of Crazy's DVDs called All Access Pass. This Ooh. is it's only ROC and Scraps era stuff, though. It doesn't have early. Oh, stuff. what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, that same year, Brian as Soul and Scraps formed the group Halfbreed, which was basically the same as this new version of House of Crazies. And they released an EP called Serial Killers on a label called Virus Independent Records, which may have just been Brian's label because it looks like almost everything on that label was either him and or Scraps. There's one or two things that uh, aren't, but it's still connected to their stuff. Uh, in 2000, they also released a full-length album called Contamination and another EP called Rage of the Plague. That was pretty much it for Halfbreed, though. There really wasn't much after that. The ROC does go on to release an EP in 2005 called I'm Here. And then in 2008, Signs with Psychopathics imprint hatchet house and released an ep called welcome to the dark side and then in 2013 house of crazies released a greatest hits album which was mostly the same track listing as the songs that were on collector's edition 97 interestingly but with a couple of additional songs added like slip into reality and murder 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 which Mm. obviously twisted indirectly helped to popularize those songs Then in 2016, Paul and Jamie signed the ROC to Magic Ninja. And in 2017, he released the album Digital Voodoo. In 2018, Paul and Jamie reunite with Brian to reform House of Crazies. They released a new song called Death for Anyone Who, ellipses. And then later that year, they drop a new six song House of Crazies EP called Post Apocalyptic World, which we will review when we get to that point in our twisted reviews in 2020 house of crazies released a new two song single called wash in asylum again we'll review that in season seven and then in just this year not too long ago house of crazies was featured on a song by buckshot called hell on halloween and that's it now you know the story of house of crazies you've heard us talk about all their songs. I let you know what's been going on since House of Crazies with the ROC. And if you're ready to hear what happened with Paul and Jamie, you're just going to have to wait until next season. I mean, I, I'm on the edge of my goddamn seat. I, I'm, I, you know, I'm going to back up. I'm a little scared. Wait, which edge um, are you on? Because there's four edges on most seats, unless it's a circular seat, then it's all edge. I was on the actually uh, southwesternmost tip. Oh, on the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The corner is just the butt of two edges. Sure, absolutely. You're on double edge. Hell yeah. Thank you very much for compiling that that information. Robbie, thank you for helping Eric compile that information. Uh, this is very vital things we need to know yeah there's no you know what i'm not even gonna feel bad about pirating the latinum records logo to put on my fucking uh to put on shirts anymore uh walter stepanenko that was fucking dumb like you're dumb you're a bad business person i'm stealing your shit now clearly clearly and you you irreparably damaged brian's career by giving your bad advice Oh, yeah, no, Brian. And I think he probably fucking knows that, too, because uh, the two people that did not listen to your stupid fucking advice are very successful now. Yes, 
and went on to have a successful career on Psychopathic and then start their own successful label, which I'm glad they they reconciled with Brian and signed him to the label and reformed House of Crazies. Like, that's good. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. They got Walter out of there. I think that was probably the, the, the issue. Awesome. I'm excited. Next episode... The very immediate next episode, ICP Songs We Missed, Volume 9. This is the final episode of Songs We Missed for ICP. Yeah. And we're going to we're going to announce a new contest during that episode for a Songs We Still Missed series. Boy, or, yeah, 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 not series. Uh, we're hoping it's going to be an episode. Yeah. Yes. And then Hell after yes. Songs We Missed, Volume 9, the final episode of season five, our annual Christmas episode with our buddy, Andy. And if you have any topics you'd like us to discuss, Christmas relevant topics, things like, you know, in the past, we've talked about our favorite Christmas music or Christmas food or Christmas cookies or type of tree or things like that. Send them our way. Maybe we'll talk about them. Maybe we'll talk about them indeed. Until then... By the way, I'm so excited to get Andy on his once a year episode here. Yes. Uh, to talk about nothing about ICP. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because he would be like, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah. He'd be like, I don't know about that. Let's quickly move on to food or video games. Exactly. And we will talk about both of those things in our Christmas episode. Absolutely. Okay. Eric. Yes. I'm very excited. Why? Because that's going to be a great episode. But oh, about then, that. I thought you were going to say you were excited about something else. Oh, well, I'm excited about how this isn't the only way people can hear from us. Oh, they have a myriad of ways to hear from us throughout the week when they're in between episodes of their favorite podcast. Okay. Or and also, we don't have any episodes up either. Right. Or if they are dead in the midst of an episode and they have something that they just urgently need to tell us. Yeah. Where, what, how can people do such a thing? Okay. There's a lot of ways you can do that. But no, I'm asking, how could they do such a thing? How could they do such a thing? That's no, that's what they would say to us. Of course. Okay. But logistically, I guess then, how could they do such a thing? Sure. Go to our website. ICPWWE.com. There's all kinds of links you can use there to get in touch with us. You can join our Discord and talk to us that way. There's a lot of people in there talking about stuff, all kinds of great stuff. You can email us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. You can buy merch from us. That's not a way to send us a message, but it would be a way to like help us out and rep our oh, show. Oh, it sends a message. All right. It sends a message that you have refined and exquisite taste. <laughs> exactly. Um, you can also become a patron and our Patreon is simple. It's one tier. It's three bucks. You get a, an exclusive clip every single episode. We drop it right into an exclusive discord channel for you where you can chat directly with us. Uh, and you also get shouted out in each episode. And Aaron's about to shout out some peeps right now. I would like to shout out peeps for being disgusting, chick-shaped marshmallows. Man, but I would also like to shout out some people. Peeps. Don't talk shit on peeps. Oh, I fucking hate it. You know what? We'll get to that in our Easter episode. I also love uh, chicks and marshmallows, so there. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
I have some over the shoulder boulder holders to shout out here. Yes. These are people that uh, we have deep appreciation for, for uh, being uh, sweet patrons of our Patreon. Uh, and that is Rob, Viron, Corey, Blade, Gotti D, April, and of course, William Buttersworth. Thank you so much. I thought it was going to be Pino Owino. <laughs> Did we want to do Pino Owino? I, I don't know how you're going to edit it and if Pino Owino is even going to be in here. I don't know. It wouldn't have mattered. Save Pino Owino for the next episode. <laughs> okay. Pino Owino is the next episode and it's also going to be a shirt. Good. Um, yes, absolutely. Um, big shouts out to Rob, Viron, Corey, Blade, Scotty, April, and what? Uh, William Buttersworth. Okay, it was Mc David McButterbutt last time. So yeah, there you go. Well, Butter, I I wanted somebody to carry on the Butterworth name. From who? Syrup Lady. Oh, Miss Butterworth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, there you go. Thank you to everybody. Uh, this now completes our House of Crazies programming. Thank you for listening. You have now completed your programming. Whoop whoop. Are you not going to do the close? Oh, that was the close. Oh, that was it? Yeah, we completed the programming. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> Perfect. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Why did I say it like you? I don't say it like you. Whoop, whoop. There we go. <laughs>